Hello, everybody. This is Two Guys, Five Movies. This is one of your co-hosts, Chris Gasper. This is Frank Pelicon. You are listening to the first emergency summit of the Two Guys, Five Movies as <laughs> we review um, the latest uh, Dunny Villeneuve uh, release, Dune, uh, that came out on HBO Max and in theaters uh, yesterday, last night. Um, so um, this is... Uh, his first movie right since Blade Runner 2049 is that correct right. yeah yeah that's yeah. right um it currently has an 83 percent from critics on Rotten Tomatoes 93 percent from audiences um <clears throat> stars uh Timothy Chalamet Rebecca Ferguson Oscar Isaac Josh Brolin Stanley Skarsgård uh Dave Bautista Zendaya Jason Momoa um <clears throat> you were really excited about this movie right Frank probably more excited about this movie than any other movie in the past year yeah i I, just from an outside perspective i would say that's probably the truth yeah i'm super disappointed when the movie was pushed back um last year uh because i was super excited for it then um so before we talk about how or why uh, you and i both fall in the the 7% of Rotten Tomatoes audience scores. Um, I'm not a huge fan of the Dune franchise or the Dune, um, I don't know, novels like yeah. that, uh, the series, I guess. Um, I really like the ideas behind Dune and I like Herbert's like world building, um, especially with the you know the royal houses and the stuff with the the empire and the imperium and um just the ideas he creates like i'm a pretty big fan of that kind of like um myth building when authors do it um one of the reasons why you know i'm a big fan of uh tolkien and um a guy that you and i both like a lot david eddings uh, with the belgarian and yeah. uh, malorian or whatever like that that world building where it's like not only is it just this immersive universe, but there's also levels of science and religion, you know, that all kind of flow together. And um, so I think Dune is an okay book. Um, I'm not a huge fan of Herbert's writing, but the things that have come from that. So the failed Yodorowsky film in the seventies, like there's a lot of really amazing imagery that he created. Um, for as much as it's kind of maligned, I think that Lynch really captures a lot of the look of how I feel that, you know, Dune as a universe looks. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to start with the stuff with, with Dune 21 that I think is exceptional, which is the visual style of it. Um, again, I think the, the Villeneuve like really captures with the exception of the sandworms, which I think are awful in this movie. Like, I think the Villeneuve really like captures the feel of that world and the feel of that universe. Um, like the giant cathedral, like, you know, um, strongholds and uh-huh. just the costuming and the way the world looks. And I can't remember what they're everything the, the helicopter things in them. Like, yeah, the, dragonfly yeah i always had a hard time imagining when i was reading the books and it's like it's like as soon as i saw it, i was like yeah yeah that's right yeah right yeah it's like some perfect blend of like i don't know like a halo vehicle with kind of like almost like the biomechanical like giger 
esque um, designs. It's it's really just like a, a a fully realized, brilliant adaptation of what things should look like. And the cinematography in the movie is freaking amazing. Like the the deserts and the skies and the interiors, like everything is lit perfectly and filmed brilliantly. And there's some framing in the movie that's like breathtaking in some ways. I mean, there's the one scene, not to get too far into like, I mean, I guess we can, we're going to have to do spoilers anyway. So I guess. Yeah, I'll, I'll mark it as spoilers. Yeah. Um, Like when, uh, when, when Leto Atreides, um, uh, fuck. Atreides, right? I, I've uh-huh. already. Yeah. Yeah. When, when Leto, when I, once I said Leto, I started thinking Jared Leto and then I couldn't <laughs> think of Atreides. Um, when Leto Atreides is like paralyzed and um, Harkonnen is just like gorging himself across the table from him and then he like rises up and is like floating and it's, um, you know, like dim focus in the, the background and you're like focused on, um, Leto in the foreground and it's just this like almost like ghostly figure like floating across the table at him. And it's like things like that where I think that the Villeneuve just absolutely captures brilliantly like the look of this world and frames it in a way that's super like interesting from a visual perspective. Um, I think the sound design in this movie is amazing too. And I'm separating that from the score of the movie because that's a, a different subject, but just the way that things like the thumpers and the whir of the um the ships and everything about it like it just sounds really great so from a like an oral and a visual perspective it's a pretty captivating movie um and in the first 15 minutes i texted our friend uh, ryan and said like oh my god this movie like i can't believe that i didn't just wait and see this in the theater because really like that opening scene of like the attacks on the Harkonnen ships on Arrakis um, and then the opening scene like on uh, the planet where the Atreides are like it's fucking just beautiful like amazingly filmed and realized and there doesn't look like any CGI at all like it's it's one of the best looking movies I've ever seen um, which is why it's so disappointing about the rest of the movie I think um, so you and I have kind of texted back and forth about this but it's really been bothering me since I watched it last night, like how much I just absolutely despise the way this movie's written, the way that it's paced, and the dialogue and the way the dialogue is delivered. It was really bothering um, me while I was watching the movie. <laughs> but, uh, well, yeah, well, that was the thing. And so I'm sitting there because, again, because that initial like burst of imagery and like setup is, is really, really good, I think. And mm-hmm really made me think like oh my god this movie's going to be amazing and then i was just consistently let down so number one let me say that david lynch's dune has been maligned my entire life like i've never really heard people say good things about it and you'll hear people occasionally that are fans but for the most part it's generally considered to be a failure of an adaptation so I would say, and correct me like if you think this is different, but I would say the first 90 minutes of this movie is almost a beat-for-beat remake of the Lynch version. I, like, yeah, scene, yeah. interactions, mm-hmm. um, setup, like, it all follows all of that almost exact. And even the way that, like, the interiors look and the costuming, like, there's very, very strong similarities 
where I feel like like Villeneuve was maybe even inspired by Lynch's vision of it, and that kind of like influenced the way that he filmed it. So I found myself like annoyed, I guess, that number one, like because I had heard some like pre release like praise for this movie and then um i know a lot of people personally like including like not, maybe not so much you but like some of our friends that were super excited to see it and some friends of mine like outside of our circle of like media friends um timothy chalamet is maybe the one of the i, I don't know that you could pick like a worse choice for like paul atreides really um his delivery is so self-indulgently like morose and dull like there's no soul there's no life life yeah, to the no. kid yeah like it's just i've just I, this I, yeah go ahead i'm sorry and like look i i don't i'm not really super knowledgeable on him um i like his performance in ladybird Yes, but I mean, it's basically playing the exact same character. That's except my there yeah. he's a villain, and here he's supposed to be your hero. Sure. Um, I I blame the script first and foremost for a lot of this, but Chalamet is just a drag on this movie to me. Um, that's not to say that there's not other problems with. I think, like, just the characterization. Again, that's all script level stuff. Like. But he's just so dull to watch, you know? And it's like, I, I think I like the books more than you. I'm still not like a super fan or anything like that. But I like those first three books a lot. And I like the arc that it tells in that character. But there's like a life and an energy and a mystery and a wonder to Paul. Like, as and that grows throughout time. It's like, this is just kind of like, and look... That's another problem I have with it, but it's like maybe the next film, you know, picks up on that more. Maybe, but it's like McLaughlin when he played it, and I can't believe I'm saying this because we talked about the, the Lynch Dune, and I was really angry that you made me rewatch that. But damn it, like if McLaughlin didn't express like this this perfect balance between fresh eyed kid and this like. Fur, like fledgling mystical being you know perfectly you know and you cared about him I don't right. care about Shamalay's Paul here I don't like I have no emotional engagement in all of this like in his character I don't have any emotional engagement in any of the characters which is problematic um I think the casting is way off on this. I think his read of the character and the performance is way off and not trying to body shame, but he's too fucking small. <laughs> he's too fucking tiny like to be in a role like this to me. I, so yeah, I really, that's my number one complaint about this is I do not like that character and the way that this guy portrays it. Not a fan. <laughs> yeah. And but that so I think that translates into other characters too. Like I think Momoa is miscast. Um, I, I I mean I really have no opinion on um what's his name uh, Brolin 
as um mm-hmm. Gurney because he's like kind of just barely in it. Um same with thing like 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 look at like like Dave Batista <clears throat> playing um Rabbit. Well, I mean barely in the movie. Like for someone who is yes. a featured name in the movie, he's what in like four scenes and sure. There's nothing really that's done with him. And one of the biggest criticisms of the Lynch version is that he tries to fit too much into too small of a period, which I get, right? Like you're trying to compress a huge amount of information and ideas and action into however long Lynch is doing is like two and a half hours. So I get like you're stretching it out, but you still are like, I feel I feel like you know those characters in Lynch's Doom. Like, it tells enough where, like, you understand who Gurney is, and you understand mm-hmm. who, like, Paul is, and you understand who Jessica is. And there's a scene in this movie, one of the more embarrassing scenes I think I've had to sit through in a long time, which is where Jessica and Paul, after they've crashed, are in um, the underground tent, like, resting and recuperating or whatever. And Paul throws this like hissy fit about like you you made me a freak. I never wanted to be this. Uh. Yeah. And it's so embarrassing and childish. And yes. like I I get at its core. I mean, let's be honest. That really, Paul Atreides is just a high minded superhero in a lot of ways. Like. Right. He has elements of things like Batman and Superman and in like a modern like analogy like Neo or whatever. But it's a pretty common <clears throat> story of like the kid who or the the person who finds that they have this power that other people don't have and you know they can learn to control it and they're somehow like the chosen one. And we've seen it done really well. So it's done well in the Matrix and it's done well in Star Wars, you know, with like Luke and Plenty of movies, you know, in the past 20 years of the glut of superhero movies we've had have told like a similar story and done it well. And here he just seems so ineffectual all the time. Yes. And so again, like self self obsessed and whiny that by the time you get to the point where you're supposed to believe that he's somehow like channeling this inner power to beat this Fremen, you know, who's chat, who's like threatening to kill his mother that it, it just falls so flat. Like that whole fight is just, I don't know. Yes. Like nothing like, and it, it's such a waste. And then it's five minutes before the end of the movie. Like Paul should have at least realized some of his power by then to build him as a credible, you know? Yeah. Yeah. He, he, know, he, like, he never finds to me he never finds the emotional core of that character and um and 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 he gets the most screen time obviously like really and it's like so it's important that he does and he doesn't and like the other characters i blame the script almost absolutely with it but with that character i blame him like primarily uh, over the script like um he's not captivating to watch um in this yeah. like i said i'm i'm he's a, he's like he's, he's a drag you, you said whiny petulant and i don't yeah. i don't think you meant any kind of connotation to ineffectual but um that's there too 
Um, I do not. Like I only I only mean it because every every time he's put in a situation where he should be rising to the occasion and kind of like embracing him yeah. being like the Maudib, you know, which they don't even really like get into because number one, they call it the Madib or whatever, which is super annoying to me. Um, that you have to change like the spelling and the pronunciation of it. Yeah. But when you get to that point, like he's he's just a dude, he's always running away. He's always being defended by someone else to the point yes. where you know Duncan dies defending him and sure. his mother almost dies defending him and it you know. Yeah. And, and like you're not building someone yeah. to because there, there's Dune no is, there's no drama to it. There's very little drama to this. Like it's just a series of like events that happen. Like I don't feel they actually build. And part of that, as beautiful as it is, as it is, I think, is the reason there's no drama is because he spends too much time on the well filmed visuals that it's like in creating like gr- this grandiose. It's it's almost like it's too in love with itself to actually tell a, a, an effective, coherent story. Agreed. Well, and also because like Dune's mythology is so deep that you have to tell it in a way because it's important. Like it's important to understand the, um, I can't remember the, um, the thing they call the mother and son thing and the Maudi, like you have to understand that stuff and you have to understand like the Bene Gesserit, like what that means and the, the melange, the spice, like what that means. Right. So there's a lot of stuff that in order to tell the story, you have to really find unique, like creative ways to <clears throat> like insert that without just dwelling on it. And I don't know, like they've got this just empty vessel of a character. I mean, so there's a, the scene that we were talking about where he fights, um, the, the Fremen, I can't remember his name, like gender, gender or something, whatever. Yeah. Um, in the can, like in the canyon after they get rescued, he just has these dead eyes. Like it's yeah. a bunch of shots of him looking up through his floppy hair, dead fish eyes, and yeah, yeah just looking like nonplussed and yeah, bored. Right, and that's what I'm saying. It's like the expression on my. I, I was sitting there watching him, and it's like, and I. And I didn't realize until that moment, like, how subtle at times McLaughlin's performance is in Dune and and what he's trying to express. And, like, I I think I texted you as, like, I couldn't believe that I'm saying it, but I would have rather watched Lynch's Dune. Oh, yeah. And I don't like that movie. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So here's the other thing is with those characters is like I I found Gunny or Gurney and Duncan and um Paul and even his father like you know like really interesting characters and I found like you know Ben Gesserit like you know and stuff really interesting mythology I, I like I like that world I couldn't find any I I not, I not any interesting I think when I was reading them it was fascinating. Like even, and it's like, I couldn't, I didn't, I didn't find any of this interesting. And I think it's because the scenes drug on way too long that I would like lose like the thread of any interest whatsoever. The performances in the script writing didn't help. Um, but some of the performances I don't blame. I like Momo in this movie. I like him and I like Skarsgård. 
Um, Scarsgard, Scarsgard, and um, what's his name? The guy that played uh, Bo Dameron. Um, uh, fuck. Uh, what's that actor's name? Le- Leto. Uh, oh, Oscar, uh, Oscar Isaac. Oscar yeah. Isaac, yeah. Yeah. Skarsgård and Isaac, to me, are the two best performances in the movie. Like, the yeah, two no, most I, interesting. I, I, yeah, Isaac, Isaac's good. Um, uh, again, fucking giving him lines like desert power um, doesn't doesn't help anything, but he sells it, you know. Um, I, but um, I'm trying to think, and there, there's other people that I liked in it. Um the guy that played, I, I can't remember his name, the the Mentat character. Um, um, uh, black actor. Hold on, I'm trying to find Stephen McKinley Henderson. Um, I liked his his performance in it. Like, there's a number of forms. I, like, I didn't really care for Rebecca Ferguson, and I think that's not her, but the character that they wrote. She seems much more, from what I remember of the books, which has been a while now, but it's like, she seemed much more um, cryy, like like she like weepy, well, like than than she was ever in the book. She was much stronger. It felt to me like in the books, and it felt like they weakened that character. Um, because in, in in the book and in other adaptations, and I don't, I've seen the ninety nine um, sci fi miniseries miniseries. And I don't really remember it. Like it's it's seriously been twenty years since I've seen that, um, that show. But I mean, Paul Atreides is is a messiah figure, you know. And so mm-hmm. it's about it's about him like kind of building his acolytes or his apostles or however you want to say it. Mm-hmm. And it's like that's Jessica, his mother, is his first like real apostle, like the person right. that believes in him. And supports him and follows him and is helping him to like kind of discover this extraordinary power that he has. And in that, it just never feels that way in this movie. It's really, um, I don't know. I don't know. Just, yeah. Again, there's, there, there's so many times, like, there, again, when they're in the tent and they're getting ready to leave the tent. And Paul's like, let's get out of here. It's just right. There's so many choices and it's hard to explain like why that bothers me, Mm -hmm. but so many choices where they have dialogue. That's so just like basic. And I don't know, there's no, there's dramatic weight to it. Right. There's no weight to it at all. Right. It's just like, again, to your point, it's like, let's move scene to scene to scene. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. And um, like, yeah, I have a feeling this is, uh, and <clears throat> maybe I'm wrong. <clears throat> I'm seeing a lot of rave. Uh, like, I, I, all I looked at is Reddit so far. I have not read any like actual reviews yet of this movie. Um, like, I didn't even know a lot about this movie other than the trailer. I like stayed away from it purposely, except for things you told me. Um, I, I would see headlines like this got person got cast, that kind of stuff. Um, but so I, I just read Reddit threads and I see a lot of people raving over it. Um, one of me and Mike and Orion's high school teachers, like I saw in that text thread earlier, like was raving about it on Facebook. Um, I, I, I think there's might be like people like are overblown by the theater experience of seeing those visuals. Um, I, I have a feeling this is going to be one of those movies um, where 
at some point there's going to be like a uh, what am I trying to say like a like a a reexamination down the road and it's not going to be as highly like touted um, and I'm saying this a day after it comes out but um, I, I just had this feeling it's going to be one of those movies that eventually like people don't hold like they once the mark out's over it's like people are going to see some of these things we're talking about like i don't know if like phantom menace like made me so jaded that like i'm like waiting for that always but like when i see the reaction that i'm seeing on reddit of these people marking out um and being so hype about all of it I think it largely has to do, it's like video, a video game where people like the graphics like so much and they're so excited about the graphics and then after a while they realize the gameplay fucking sucks. Um, yeah. I, I think it's going to be something like that with this like in a year or two um, when like when it's re-examined and thought about and the experience has gone away. I have a feeling that um, people are going to see some of this stuff. Um, yeah, I, I almost feel it's like there's certain movies in the past 20 some years that have had those amazing like openings where people just love them and they rave about them and then over time like nobody ever talks about them yeah and i think about movies like like king kong where people yeah. came out like oh what a great movie but then like who talks about i mean because it's a terrible movie but yes like how many shots of how many times do you have to see zendaya walking in slow motion yeah in like flowing white linen and sandals across a dune yeah and, with and like yeah. fucking like the the goddamn yulating yeah. soundtrack of with her turning to look like i, I know i know like locally at the camera like I saw a really funny Reddit comment today. It was like um, some dude said like his girlfriend, like when the like the because they had the subtitles on too, like we usually do. And it's like when the lamentation thing like came on the screen, like for that music. Um, um, she said like, oh, Wonder Woman's getting ready to show up. <laughs> I thought that was a really funny comment. But um, yeah, like it's it's. I, this is probably a really unpopular opinion with certain people, and um, um, Zendaya doesn't impress me, like, in the least. Much like Chalamet in this role doesn't impress me, and I wonder if it's me... I've thought about this today. Like, is that me getting old? Um, but I find that what we're saying about Chalamet in this role, about, like, the kind of like emotionless fisheye performance i i find her like largely like this emotionless like and not like in like a a, a witty daria way from the 90s but this kind of just emotionless like you know um skeptical like like just nothing like to her like just naysayer like thing that she has going on like in spider-man like largely like i i I, she's the least impressive thing in spider-man to me um i like her fine in spider-man i I don't have any problem with zendaya in general i i i don't like her performances from what i've seen so far um i don't i mean i don't think she has anything to do in this movie she doesn't right it's just she's just a face it's going to be in part two which is my other problem like this is the last problem i have with this um because I didn't read anything about it. 
and I don't know, did you know that this wasn't going to wrap up the entire story? I did. Okay, I did not. So, like, when I when this first started and I saw part one, I was like, oh, that's that's weird. Like, I guess he's, like, referencing, like, that he wants to do the second and third book or something. Um, and then I get to the end, and it's like, oh, okay. Um, gotcha. Like, um, I guess, like, and I know I've seen from uh reddit threads and shit like the, the second movie's not green light green green lit mm, no. yet so uh, that's that's true what's that that's actually yeah, that's that, that's accurate okay um so i applaud villana for his kind of balls to like to, to pull that move um but if the pacing and the tone of that movie is going to be like this and i don't know how you change the tone at this point i don't think you can um I, i'm not on board fuck that right like i can't sit through another two and a half i, I can't sit through a five hour version of like this story with like boring me like this like and that's really all it was and i hate using that word because it's like so much used like all the time but i was just fucking bored it's like I, so I was bored by the I was, tension of it. Like that's what I was. Yeah, bored by. I was more annoyed than bored, and I kept thinking. I mean, I'm I'm probably like more. I don't know if optimistic is the right word, but definitely, you know, more like glass half full. I think than you are. So mm-hmm. I spent the entire movie like, okay, now it's going to happen. Now it's going to like really pick up, and I'm really going to get into it. Yeah, and then it wouldn't, and then oh, okay, well now it's going to happen. Like now it's going to pick up and then, okay, well, maybe another 10 minutes will pass and, but it, nothing would ever happen. And they waste like so much time and so many of these really great characters um, on nothing. Yes. You know, and the, the best scenes in the movie to me are the scenes that don't have Chalamet in him at all yeah. or where he's just like basically a. Yeah, he's not the focus. Yeah. Right, he's just like performing some action while other things are right. occurring. I mean, right. the fight G- between giving, Duncan... giving, giving a meaningful look, um, because like that move, this movie's filled with that bullshit. Well, a meaningless look because it's just so <laughs> empty. <laughs> right. Right. Um, the, there's there's another. So the the tent scene, I think that the scene in the tent with Jessica and Paul is the point in this movie where I just had no hope for it ever coming back and it completely lost me and even though like i was bored and like slightly annoyed leading up to that like i still kept thinking like okay like something's gonna happen they're gonna get with the fremen there's gonna be some really cool stuff and i'm really gonna start to enjoy this because i again i thought um fucking bardeem was like fantastic casting as uh what's his name even though he just plays him like a narcoleptic or something like he looks mm-hmm. like he's gonna fall asleep the entire time um, but I thought it was really good cast and nothing they're sitting there in that tent and there's so many different small things in that sequence that are just terrible. Like when he's having the visions and his uh-huh. face is getting all weird and screwed up and wet with tears and yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. And the yeah. score to this, movie, like I, we, we both mentioned it, like the, the lamentation thing is how they always put it up on the screen, mm-hmm. like lamentation music happening now. Uh-huh. <clears throat> and it's just it's so in arrested development i can't remember exactly when this happens but i think it's like anytime they mention um 
like the east or the middle east where they do that yeah, yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. and it's a joke right like it's it's funny because it's ridiculous and it's right. done for serious effect in this movie right and it's so off-putting and distracting every time it happens yeah. that it completely takes you out of like anything that's occurring in the movie yeah yeah i don't know like i i just i think it's one of the most beautiful failures of a film i've ever seen and i think that people are suckered in so here's another thing too and i don't want to insult anyone or like anyone's intelligence but i think that because it's so complex in the pseudo religion and ideology behind herbert's like canon basically Mm -hmm. that i think that people when they don't understand it they think that it's better than it is because they're like oh well there must be some really deep meaning to that even though it's of course they do we 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 know this from the matrix sequel like years ago like that they that there was nothing behind any of that. Like there was some pseudo fucking philosophy and people read way too much into it and none of it paid off. Like, yes, of course people do that all the time. Like, and we are, and we've already offended tons of people probably already. So probably. Yeah. So not a big fan of the books, but I appreciate the mythology. And I think that Lynch does this fantastic job of, introducing you to all the core concepts that you need to know to understand his universe without bogging you down in minutia. So it, it, it just rolls. Like you get like, what are the Bene Gesserit? Well, this is what they are. What is Paul, you know, like, what is the Madi? Well, this is what it is. And then it just moves it along. So it still is a, a narrative, like an actual movie and not just like a pastoral or a tour. kind of because that's what <clears throat> you just end up getting these like beautiful shots and beautiful scenes and introductions to things and then nothing ever comes yeah. so i don't know i mean yeah, yeah. I, I i don't feel like the scene where he's with the um the mother superior and he has to put his hand in the box while she has the pithing needle like to his neck it's like there's so much tension in that scene in the lynch version yeah. And it's just so dry because yeah. Chalamet is just so yeah boring of an actor. And I don't understand, like, I've seen so much praise for his performance in this movie. And even seen people saying, like, how much he embodies, like, Paul Atreides. And it's like, I don't know. Like, maybe, maybe that's the thing. Maybe, maybe we are old. Yeah. And maybe, maybe this is the kind of, like, pablum like performance that is like over in the current like world we live in but yeah i don't know it's just super i'm almost tempted to watch this movie again this <laughs> weekend you always do that shit you always torture your fucking self by like trying to like you know see if there's something you're missing only because because <laughs> i want to like it so much and sometimes it works like there are some movies where I've like had an initial poor reaction and then gone back and without the burden of expectation and just watched it knowing what's coming and still been able to really enjoy certain parts. Yeah. But I thought, I think Batista looks fantastic as Rabin and they don't use it much. I think Skarsgård as Baron Harkonnen is pretty amazing and looks fantastic. They don't use him enough. I was super... Sting, Sting's performance as Fade is 
for as ridiculous as it is, maybe one of my favorite like on-screen villains of the 1980s, like Loki. And to not even have Fade introduced in this movie, that's it's such a wasted opportunity. Like the whole point of this is like building these the Harkonnen as these major villains that are so powerful that even the emperor is afraid of. So when Paul is able to defeat them and like you know cause this uprising against them it's just it's so powerful and it's like you barely see the harkonnen enough to aid them you know what i mean yeah <clears throat> like it's just baron harkonnen right. sitting there eating some grapes or some shit like i don't yeah. know like what's and again my favorite performance in the film probably him and, and oscar isaac i think both fantastic in their their screen time um but i don't know Frank, I'm, so, done yeah, so, I, I'm, I'm done with this. I, I don't want to talk about this. I, I hate this okay. movie. <laughs> I fucking hate this movie so much. Like, the more you talk about it, the more, like, I find things that I just hate. Like, I just do not I, like this movie. I mean, it's it, it's a really bad one-two punch with Halloween Kills and this. Yeah. <clears throat> and I, like and that, I think um, I, I think my vitriol towards it has to do with the fact that, like, I'm not somebody who gets excited. And I wouldn't say I was excited. I certainly wasn't excited like you were excited. But I think like you're you and O and stuff like, you know, that energy of being excited for this Villeneuve movie, like considering your love for 2049, like rubbed off a little on me. So it got me like a little hyped about it. And it was like, oh, cool. Like, you know, and, um, you know, I didn't see that it was up on. I thought that it was coming out tonight. Like, and I saw that you text in the group thread that it was up and I had already started watching Porter guys too. And like, um, you know, I was like, Oh, I got to wait. Like, you know, and you know what I enjoyed more Porter guys, Porter guys too. Right. So it's, it's a better movie. Um, so I think like my, my vitriol has to do with a little bit of the fact, which people, people that know me closely would understand that it's like my disappointment comes from, um or no, sorry my my anger comes from disappointment i don't get disappointed often because i don't expect much and um yeah, yeah I'm, I'm disappointed here <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i still think that the villeneuve is a, a genius i think sure. he's a brilliant director sure i still think there are many things in this movie that show that he has one of the best eyes for framing and visuals and scene composition of like anyone directing today or maybe even in the past like 20 or 30 years which makes it even more disappointing to um you know yeah to have sat through this and come out so unfulfilled so yeah agree so, yeah so dune yeah but you know and, and the shitty thing is and this is this is it and then we can stop okay. the shitty thing is is i still want to see this in the theater because i want to see Ugh. like i think those visuals are so mind-blowing on like the big screen oh, good like luck. that opening 20 minutes I, I don't know man but i don't know i don't know if i can sit through it like i don't know it's it Awful. was so disappointing it's and, it's yeah. it's 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 a it's such a poor story it, uh, like the way it's done like the execution of the story is just so poor and the acting from the lead is just the worst Oh well. You know, anyway, gotta... to go along to go along with the with the depressing nature of this, um, condolences to the family of Peter Scolari. Um, 
who was always like one of my like favorite actor, like comedic actors growing up from Bosom Buddies. Um, we just talked about him earlier this year on the main podcast on Ticks. Um, uh, also known for Newhart, obviously, as the son-in-law. And um, Helena Hutchins, um, the cinematographer who was accidentally killed by Alec Baldwin uh, yesterday uh, on set. Yeah, that's crazy. Tragic fucking story. Awful. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, terrible. So um, I'll end on that depressing note, considering how depressing this podcast has been to have to do. Um, yeah. But, so, yeah. Um, hey, if you if you liked it and, um, you know, you listen to this, um, let us know. You know, I mean. Oh, um, I just would like to have a conversation with someone that liked it. Like, I just want to know, because when when a movie is like really well liked and I don't like it, it makes me feel like a dick. Like, yeah, it makes me feel like somehow i'm being like overly judgmental and an asshole and i don't know like i just didn't enjoy it and i just would like to like hear someone be positive about it and like see what what causes those positive feelings not to say that would change about it so all right well thank you for listening everybody um sorry it was so sad have a good night all right good night